Jesus really cares for you. Think of like your best, best friend and Jesus cares for you in that way. And even when you walk through lonely periods or you're feeling rejected or you, you just feel lonely and wonder what you do wrong, I think that he wants to remind us that he's in control and that if you trust him, he'll bring good people. Hey, welcome to another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast committed to bringing stories of hope and insight to those on the front lines of Christian ministry. Our desire is for all of us to see, sense, and experience God's voice through their stories. And through these stories, we may see His hand and hear His voice in our lives. The Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast is brought to you by Romans 12 Ministries, where we are wildly committed to transforming the church, one pastor, missionary, and ministry leader at a time. Let me paint you a picture of my seventh and eighth grade years of school, those middle school years. I'm not sure if you excelled and loved those years, but for me, they were miserable. In fact, every morning during those years, I would ask my mom before school, do I have to go to school? And I said that because basically of one student, his name was Frankie, he was bigger and stronger than all of us. He had a goatee. I have no idea what his age was, but he had muscles and he had veins popping out of his arm that we all envied. And his posse would roam the halls looking for extra lunch money. That money would be given to him. And when you saw him or his posse coming, you would run for safety somewhere, somehow, to get away from him and his group. Man, he was a bully. And it was a painful two years for me, who was, I got to be honest, kind of nerdy, not sure of himself, and trying to figure out who I was. Can you relate to this? Who was a Frankie in your journey? Well, our guest today shares openly of her experiences at school. Well, people were, well, they were just not nice. And the lessons she has learned through it all. You'll be encouraged as you listen to her story. It's not one of poor me, but it is one that is a story of hope. Grace Levine is currently a doctorate student at the University of Arizona and lives here in Marana, Arizona. I'm David Town, your host of the Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast. Miss Grace Levine, it is so great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here, Mr. It, Town. It is really, we've been talking about this for a while. We've been praying about it. And I think there's a story here that people need to hear. There's a story of hope. There's also a story of, of suffering and sadness. And so I just uh, am so grateful that you came into the studio and shared this with us. Thank you so much. I'm excited to share. So a little bit over two years ago, I had your father in here. I think he was our second podcast, and it was in April of 2021. And he shared, it was actually, we, we called it a living hope. And she, he shared a story about you and your brother. And just some of the challenges, some of the uniqueness of births and, and, and so on. That was such a popular episode. We've gotten so much feedback on that. But to have you here now, kind of telling the rest of the story mm -hmm. and how you're doing, what you've gone through, and what Jesus has been sharing with you is such a treat. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. So I want to just start off a little bit with um, what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I'm a second year in the Doctor of Audiology program over at the U of A. It's been super neat to experience working with patients, both adults and kids, and just see the impact that you can make on people 
just through putting a hearing aid on somebody or through providing counseling. I also am still very active with new life. I love babies. Mr. Town knows that. And I serve in the nursery and I just, I just love people. And I would say that I have a really great group of friends right now, which is really a sweet treat from Jesus. And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so the, this, this desire and this heart for hearing is something that you, is really close to your heart, mm-hmm. right? Because of part of your story. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so I grew up with, with hearing loss. And when I was homeschooled, it kind of didn't really impact my life that much. I just was with my parents and my siblings. And when I went out of the home, I started realizing how hard it was to to not hear as well. And I also was was different from other people so having hearing aids kind of makes you stand out in a way and people don't know what they are they don't know why you're wearing them and at the time uh, wireless earbuds and airpods were not a thing and so it was just very different so I think it was hard for me to to kind of be one of the only people I knew in my life other than my brother who wore hearing aids and who had to use FM systems and so and this might be surprising to you because I'm like I'm not going to be in audiology now, but I actually, for a time period, disliked my hearing loss. I didn't like that that was a part of me because it made me different, and I, I wasn't totally secure in that yet. And so I tried to forget that I had hearing loss. I would, I would just put that in the back of my mind, and I think that now that I've embraced it, it's just, it's just helped a lot. And now in the doctorate program, to be able to now serve in this way for others, because you really get and understand where they're coming from. Yeah. But I totally, I understand that as far as, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm mad. I have this hearing loss. Uh, people look at me differently. And so let's kind of transition into school. Yeah. Because middle school, high school, it was tough. Yeah. Share with us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, when I was in middle school, I was I just knew I was different my teachers knew I was different there was you know there's always I think when we look back at our school years there's you can think of there's a popular group there's a nerdy group there's a geeky group I didn't really feel like I was a part of any group I was just I was just me and and being one of the only kids with with hearing aids and some of the other things that I'm unique in people just didn't understand me and they didn't I didn't I felt like they didn't accept me so some of the names that I was called I still remember being called four years and people started started I had this FM system box that was big and blue and and blocky and would sit on my desk and it helped me hear the teachers a little bit but students started to tease me about that and I was really insecure so I actually put it in my locker and that was really hard because then I wasn't hearing as well and then you think of areas like the cafeteria where people don't even think about it, where it's loud. And being different led to people not wanting to spend time with me. So I would sit at you know a table and the group of girls that were, would sit there would get up and move away. I think that just, I was so insecure in that because I didn't know why or what I did to have these girls not like me and even... Even now, you know, you fast forward 10 years from almost 10 years from middle school and 
you know, you're in classes and you're forced to sit with other people, but when it, when you get to weekends or to lunch hours and, and people just, they don't invite me to come with them or they don't want me to be around them. So I would just sit by myself a lot. And sometimes I would even sit in a teacher's room. I would, I, I found myself at times going into a bathroom and just crying because I didn't, I didn't know why that was happening. Um, it was, it was just hard. It, it felt like I was an outcast and, and, you know, just being rejected twice over. And I, I honestly felt alone. And so, unfortunately, this was at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And so then how did you, you made a change. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that transition from, hey, this is a, a Christian school that I was involved with. A lot of mm-hmm. good things in the Christian oh, yeah. school, but then there's also people just didn't deal with maybe, although we all feel like we're different. Yeah. We all feel like, of course. you know what, we don't measure up, we're not good enough. We all feel that way, but you felt that maybe a little bit more just because mm-hmm. of the hearing aids and, and so on. Yeah. So you made a decision to switch schools. Yeah. Was that your decision? Yeah, so for a while I had been feeling... Um, that I, I wanted to share Jesus with people and I wanted to, I just wanted to make a difference. And I felt like at, at my school that I was in a bubble where I wasn't, where the teachers loved me. And I, I had maybe one or two good friends there. And I just kept feeling, you know, even like the nudge to, to talk on this podcast today, I, you know, the nudges that you feel of spreading Jesus and his name. And the teachers were doing such a great job of sharing that. And I really felt like God wanted me to go share my heart with people and encourage others who who are also bullied. And And I felt like going to a public school was a good place to do that. Mm. And at, at public school, the transition was hard because it's so much bigger. And I felt so cared about at at my other school with a, a smaller group of students and a, a smaller group of teachers. And so in a way, I actually felt alone at, at, this, at this public school too because it's so big and the teachers aren't Christian. And so they don't understand some of those beliefs that you have. And so I never really had any connections with teachers there, but I was able to encourage students. And there was this one girl in particular who just kept getting bullied on my bus. And I I was like, we're not going to do that. And so I, I went to the principal and we got that stopped. And it was, it was cool to see how God had used, I think if I hadn't been bullied, I don't think I would have been able to see that hurt in her eyes. And so I was able to help her through that. And, and that was really cool. Beautiful. Wow, that's beautiful. So it seems to me that this is those feelings that we have of, even as adults, I mean, there's a form of bullying. I mean, mm-hmm. people, there's just, sin nature is, is rampant. Yeah. Um, how, how does that play out now for you in this doctorate program at yeah. the University of Arizona? I mean, what, what are some things that you need to deal with now? Yeah, so I think now I've I've gotten to the point where I know more who I am and hearing loss doesn't bother me anymore. I think the biggest thing now is when 
you work so hard to connect with other people and they don't want that. They don't want your friendship. And you you feel like you're more mature. You you feel like you're in a, you know, you're no longer in middle school or high school. You're no longer just a kid going from class to class. You're actually figuring out your life. So, for example, I, I moved out of, of my parents' house, which they cried a little bit. Yes, they did. Um, did you? Um, <laughs> I think I cried a little bit, but I was excited. It was tears of joy, maybe. Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it, I think it was that time when I realized, yeah, some adults and some people in this world just aren't going to accept you. And I think for me in my undergrad years, I didn't have that many friends. I had a friend who lived out of state and then I had some adult friends at church. And so at school, I was again, very alone. And then I would go home to my apartment where my roommates just, they, they, one of them at one point told me I was one of out of three people in their life who, who they did not like. I, and they they would lie to me and then I like would try to hang out with them because one of them was a Christian and I said can we hang out just once a week to try to get to know each other and and she randomly stopped that and then one night she was like yeah I'll meet with you and then she told me she was sick and then half hour later she went out with her best friend mm-hmm. and so I think it was through heartbreaking moments of that you know just going into your room and and just crying um and asking God why and even now, I have a cohort who, who uh, they they are nice to me in front of teachers, which is reminds me back to middle school because middle school and high school because I feel like students, if they know a teacher's in the room, they'll be nice, they'll act super respectful, and I'm I'm feeling it again, and it's really hard because I'm. I, I wanted to pursue these friendships with these with these people that I'm gonna be in school with for four years and they have continually told me no. And they I actually had to uh, do some things on social media because they were just posting about things that they would do on weekends with the rest of the cohort and I was the only one not included. And I think that that breaks my heart, but honestly having God leading me to friends that care about you. I think that's a really important to remember is to find those people that care about you and it's okay to let people go that don't care. Well, hey friends of Romans 12, I hate to interrupt this story of hope and I just so appreciate you listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing these podcasts to your friends and to your community. But I also just wanted to take a moment and just say that we are able to do this because of your generosity. We are so grateful for you partnering with us uh, as we come alongside pastors, missionaries, ministry leaders, and their families to relate, refresh, and restore them. That is our mission statement. And so we bring this Romans 12 podcast to you just as an extension of what we do here at Romans 12 Ministries. And if you desire or feel nudged to help us financially, we sure would appreciate that. And you can do that a couple different ways. You can give us a call here at the office at 520-982-5877, or you can go to our website, which is romans12ministries.org. That's romans12, the number one, two, ministries.org. 
thank you so much for your prayers as we are in the trenches with these pastors and leaders and their families doing great work in our communities. Now let me get back to our conversation with Grace Levine. Where do you think Jesus was during those times when you saw on social media that the, your cord is out there mm-hmm. and you're alone? Mm-hmm. Where was he? Yeah, so I think that he he was right there the whole time. And something that he's been doing in my heart over the last two years is is showing me, again, who my people are, which is super wonderful because you can look at those social media posts and you can start to compare yourself and you can start to to wonder what you did wrong. And that that can be a really dangerous slide to go on. And I think Jesus, not only there's two things. One, he tells you, and I, I feel him telling me all the time, I'm your best friend. There's, there's nobody else that, that matters right now than me. I love you. I care for you. I'm here. And over the last, I would say, year, he's brought some really, really good, solid friends in from New Life. Um, they're mostly moms who I've known for a really long time who I used to like for their babies. I don't mind admitting that. But now they've become my friends. And I think God used things like seeing social media or being at school where it's hard and I'm not accepted to say, hey, I'm your friend. I care about you. And here's some other friends and and a small group who, and other adults who just genuinely want to be there for you. Mm. Well, I am so, as I listen to you and I see... I mean, you've always been over 20 years. We've known each other, yeah. you know, uh, so precious and so tender. And I'm so sorry that you went through that yeah. and you continue to go through that. Yeah. But you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, and we talked a little bit beforehand, even as a an old person now, I still mm-hmm. have those feelings of inadequacy yeah. and listening to the lies of Satan, mm-hmm. of shame and guilt and so, but, so I just want to encourage you, you're not alone, but I'm thinking of our listeners who can relate to some of this, because I think we can. Yeah. Where, where is the story of hope here? Yeah. What would you say to those that are, are dealing with this kind of thing? I think, first of all, the first thing for me is that Jesus is our only hope. It's, it's only Jesus. And I can confidently say and encourage you to just trust him. And I know a lot of people say, just just run to Jesus, but I want you to know, Jesus really cares for you. Think of like your best, best friend. And Jesus cares for you in that way. And I also want to say that he, he wraps his arms around you. And even when you walk through lonely periods or you're feeling rejected or you, you just feel lonely and wonder what you do wrong, I think that he wants to remind us that he's in control and that if you trust him, he'll bring good people. So that leads me into my second point is trust him to bring those good friends. And really, when you start looking for good friends that care for you on your own, that might not work. You have to put that in Jesus' hands first. Let him drop those people into your life because searching for them on your own, I truly don't think that always works. Sometimes it might. I think Jesus has to be a part of that. And then third, 
really be, and, and this might be a prayerful process of asking Jesus to, to mold your heart towards this, but being willing to step into a small group or Bible study or community group and actually being vulnerable and allowing people to see your heart. And I think that's so hard, especially when you have put yourself out there before and been so rejected. I've been there and I I even had my youth pastor years and years ago. I came to him like six months after something happened and he had a long talk with me about let people care for you. Not just Jesus, but let other people care for you. But that that does take a step of courage and allowing Jesus to to walk through you through it with you, but ultimately knowing that He's your He's your father and you're his child and he's going to help you be vulnerable. So I think those things are are where I would start. Mm-hmm. You know, I I as I'm listening, there, which we all do, we all hide, mm-hmm. and we that vulnerability because I lived through some of that with you. I didn't know the extent yeah. of what you were going through, and I wonder how can we be more in tune to those that are are going through some of this. And I think you're right, whether it's a Christian school or a public school or a charter school or just life. Mm -hmm. You know, Abraham Lincoln said that everybody you meet is battling some kind of issue within them. Um, How can we be more attuned to those people that are going through this? Yeah, so I think, first of all, recognizing and being aware of when people are sitting alone or who you don't see as much, who are who are quiet. Sometimes I think people think that shy people. Um, I'm not shy, but I was at, at, uh, in 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 high school and middle school, and even now, I can be shy at school. And so I think really looking out for those people. And then too, if you do have a friend who who even just a simple example, like if you text them and you say, "How are you doing?" and they just say, "Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's fine." They're probably not fine. You know what? In our house, fine is a four-letter F word. I never know what it means. And so we try not to say fine. Yeah. Um, it's got me in so much trouble. <laughs> Sophie, how you doing? I'm fine. Okay, that's. I take it she's fine. But she's not fine, and I'm supposed to know that. Yeah, so I think I think really um, checking in with the person and being like, no, really, how are you doing? I think that's where some of my strong friendships came from right now. People that didn't accept the good as an answer. They pursued me and pulled me out and were like, no, really, how are you doing? Even offering to go to coffee with somebody or go to lunch with somebody. uh, Just, again, that vulnerability, I think the more you can share with somebody and the more you can go deep with that person as hard as it is, we'll just, you know, one thing I think is Jesus using, using suffering and ashes to make beauty. And I think that he brings friendship out of that. And so also, you know, Mr. Town, like when there's a middle schooler who's insecure and who doesn't want to share with you, which I'm, I'm still sorry for, I, you know, I think, I think now as an adult, I look back at my little sheepish middle school self and I wish, you know, God could have taught me all that stuff then. But I think he purposefully waited for me, because I don't think I would have understood it at that time. But really, um, yeah, just just caring for people and letting people care for you. Mm. Yeah, I, I hope that answers that question. It does. It does. And 
Thank you for that. Well, Gracie, I I see in you such wisdom and such strength that it brings me on, on the verge of tears because I see Jesus in you. And it's because of the fine-tuning and the suffering and the trials that you've gone through and that you are an example to so much, to so many of us. And uh, I just want to say thank you for the, being courageous to come on yeah. and share this. I'm sorry that you went through it. Yeah. I'm sorry that people that get bullied. I remember my mom saying, and that's probably, you know, we all have been bullied one way or the other. Um, but I remember she tells stories of, of me on the playground. She was one of the, she'd be a lunch monitor or something, and, mm-hmm. and a kid would be bullied, and his hat would be put on the pole, and I would climb the pole to get it. And I just, I just have always been sensitive to that yeah. uh, as an educator as well. And to, to have you in many ways fall through the cracks, because I, I didn't know as a leader, uh, I just want to say I'm sorry. Yeah. And I hope our listeners who are educators uh, really are mindful yeah. and have that those eyes to see those. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, I'm excited what God's doing yeah. in you. Do you mind if I share a, just a couple Bible verses? Uh, do it. We, we allow songs. that on this podcast. Yes, yes we do. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, so just I just want to continue encouraging whoever's listening to this. Um, Jesus really does just love you. One of my favorite verses is Zephaniah 317. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you without singing. And I just want to encourage you, let those words soak in. He quiets you. He loves you. And he sings over you. I mean, I just can't think of anything better than that. And then the the... The last verse before I just share a couple of lyrics from my favorite song is see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Again, you're a child of God. He loves you so much. And as hard as it is, it doesn't matter what other people think or what Satan tries to tell you. God's God's voice is what matters there. And and so just the closing thoughts in my mind and what Jesus has been putting in my heart to share is that there's a song, there's two songs um, that I'll just share a couple lyrics from, but one of them is called, Who Am I? It says, Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Again, just going back, I think back to my moments in, in high school, middle school, and even now where there have been moments of tears and Jesus holds me he shows me that he he knows my name and he cares about us and he's the lord he's he made this whole earth and it's just amazing to think that somebody who's in so control cares about us little teeny people specks of dust on this earth um and then the last one is it's called uh your hands and it's by one of my favorite writers but she said i have unanswered prayers i have trouble i wish wasn't there and i have asked a thousand ways that you would take my pain away and then it also says, when you walked upon the earth, you healed the broken, lost, and hurt. I know you hate to see me cry, but one day it will set all things right. And that his hands that shape the world are holding me, and that they hold me still. His hands that hold the whole entire world hold you. What is more amazing than that? Like, I'm, I'm kind of getting, like, red-faced here because it's so amazing to think about. 
it's it's just so i just hope that you hear that that god loves you and holds you Mm, what a message what a message and you know the first verse that you talked about it said um sings over you Mm -hmm. i want to sing over you right now can i do it yeah has anyone told you they (laughs) loved you today has anyone told you they loved you today has anyone told you they loved you today put me on your list let me be the first i love you today god loves you and I love you, and that's how it should be. God loves you, and I love you, and that's how it should be. God loves you, and I love you, and that's how it should be. So put me on your list. Let me be the first. I love you today. Thank you, Mr. Town. I love you, too. You're precious. Thanks, Gracie. Thank you, Mr. Town. Thank you for joining us today at another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast sponsored by Romans 12 Ministries. For more information on Romans 12 Ministries, visit us at romans12ministries.org or give us a call at 520-982-5877. May we all continue to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer.